You're listening to the One Pridecast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the One Pridecast. I'm your host, Tori Petri, and I'm joined on the other line by Mike O'Hara. Mike, I hope you're doing well and happy Veterans Day to you. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. That was a long time ago, but still some memories of it. Absolutely. Well, we are recording on Veterans Day. Might not be Veterans Day when people are listening, but I wanted to make sure that we wished you a happy one, and we're happy to have you here uh, this morning on the podcast. Mike, we've got a bit to talk about with the Lions. It was a, a tough week for them this last week in Minnesota. Uh, what did you take away from that game on Sunday? Uh, that they absolutely got thrashed. You know, every time they made even a slight move, uh, Minnesota just answered with something. I think, you know, a couple of things that's, that stand out to me, and I think to everybody else, and we've heard this now for two weeks, but, you know, plays defensively, 10 men on the field. They got torched for a 70-yard run by Dalvin Cook on one of them. That was an issue against Minnesota. It was an issue of the previous week and a loss to the Indianapolis Colts. No excuse for it. It's, it's a complete breakdown. Corey uh, 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 Unlin, the defensive coordinator, owned up to it when he talked to the media earlier in, earlier this week. But, you know, I've had enough. There's nothing against him. This is not personal or anything like that. I've had enough of the, the apologies and all that. It's production. It's performance. That's that's what I want to hear, not Mia Koopas. And I think he'd agree with that. I'm not being too harsh when I say that. And then couldn't stop the run. Again, you know, they had a couple of weeks in there where they were, you know, fairly good at it. But last week, Dalvin Cook, you know, was it 22 carries for 600 or 600? It seemed like 600. <laughs> it did. Did it 206 yards? But, Tori, you know, the thing that bothered me about that, he didn't really have to work to get those yards. Yeah. I mean, when I say work, of course it's work. Don't get me wrong. You're getting hit and all that. But but the previous week against Green Bay, who they're just okay defensive. There's nothing special about about Green Bay, but he had 30 carries for 163 yards. He had 22 carries for 206 yards against the Lions, and he just kind of ran through them. He didn't seem like those where you get buried in the pile and you just keep moving the pile forward. You know, you know it's five yards, it's six yards, it's seven yards, it's eight yards, until he finally get him stopped. It just kind of ran through him and then ran away from him and kind of waved goodbye. So I just didn't, I didn't think they were competitive up front, and that's to me at, at, at this stage of the game. Uh, now, now three and five for after eight games. It, it, it was just disappointing in every way. Yeah, Matt Patricia was asked this week what he felt like he was working to have as their calling card for this team. And one of the things that he mentioned, well, he mentioned that he wanted to have really strong special teams. Well, they're doing that. They they do have strong special teams, uh, save for the struggles that, that Matt Prater has had. But on the punt teams, they have looked really good three blocked punts in the last two weeks but one of the other things he said is that they want to be really good in the run game both on defense and on offense well we've just seen these struggles in the run game so far this season and I've I talked about this on the podcast before and I've talked about it on Tori's take and the the games that they've won have been the games where they have been able to stop the run and it kind of seems like that is where their defense starts and when they can't do that they struggle across the board you know, I think every player and every coach at every level of football will tell you defensively the first thing you want to do is stop the run because then you can get the opponent into favorable down and distance. And there's a big difference at every level, especially the pro game. There's a big difference between second and eight and second and two and second and three because the offense is then dictating to you when, when they've got 
you know, when, when they've got two shots to, to get a first down instead of, instead of, you know, when making up yardage, they call that being ahead of the sticks. You know, well, when you're behind the sticks, it's a tougher game for the offense. When you're behind, when the, when the offense is behind the sticks, it's a better game for the defense. And it doesn't guarantee anything. It really does, doesn't mean automatically you're going to get off the field, but the percentages are with you, and the percentages have been against the Detroit Lions since opening day, and they continue to be so. Before we go on, I'm not exempting the offense either. They had, sure. they had opportunities too. And about Matthew Stafford, I thought he played. He had an incomplete pass on his first throw of the game, and then completed 16 in a row. And I thought he was on his game. That was pretty much a short passing game, and which I and that wasn't surprised. It really wasn't. You don't have Kenny Galladay, and it's really not a team with a lot of speed at, at wide receiver. You know, you've got to, that That's what you get. But then he had you know back to back interceptions that. In the, I think it was late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, and one he said one was a bad decision, one was a bad throw. Well, you're 0 for two. That's not good. And and so that I don't think he was on his game at all. Whether he was distracted by the COVID, you know, that's been reported and all that, who knows? I I yeah, I would be. You know, young man, 32 years old, with four kids at home, one of whom had taken a fall and had a concussion. I'd be distracted too. And so I'll give Matthew a mulligan on that one. Yeah. Also, because I like them too. You know, full disclosure. Right? <laughs> well, we know I that. Them, like, we know that. I want. All right. Someday <laughs> you might get one. <laughs> I can only hope, Mike. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, this guy went through a lot last week. Yep. I mean, it, it's a pandemic, and to hear that you've been exposed to it is scary in itself. And then to not be able to be there for your family, that. That is a lot to take on personally. And these guys are professional athletes. Everybody goes through things that in their personal lives that affect themselves and in their careers as well. But, you know, for for him to go through what he did was a lot. And he recognized that the everyday person goes through much harder things sometimes and that he was grateful to have a job and grateful that his family was healthy. But you're right. That does wear on a guy, and and I can't blame him for the stress that that was, being out of the building all week and then being expected to step in and play on Sunday. Yeah, and you know, look, he's 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 played a lot of games, a lot of football in his life, but that doesn't mean you stepped in and, and you know you're completely at ease with the with the game plan. Now it looked like that, you know, for for the first half, and I thought I thought he had brought them back. This was to me. I'd call it more of a telling point than a turning point in the game, uh, Tori. But you know, they get a long drive to a touchdown with a minute was it a minute and nineteen left in the half to make it thirteen to ten, and and I can't give enough credit to the special teams because they've been just great the last couple of weeks and they've been building to that all year. Miles Killebrew gets down on the ensuing kickoff and tackles the, the return man at the at the thirteen yard line. Mind you, 13-yard line, <laughs> yeah. and it's first and 10 at the 13 with a minute, and was it nine to go or something like minute 10, whatever it was. You get a three and, three and out, it's 13 to 10. You get a three and out, and you're probably going to get a field goal attempt at the worst and maybe a touchdown right. the way Matthew Stafford drives the team in the last mass minute of the games and the half. And what do they do? Six, six plays, they go 87 yards for a touchdown. It ran right through them. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It's terrible. Absolutely. I I agree that that was a struggle point in the game because you were only down by three at that point. And then to go into the locker room with the deficit of 10 instead of being down by three when all you had to do was hold them off for one more minute, uh, that definitely was 
like you said, a, a telling point in the game. But then even after that, they were only down by 17 in the third quarter or so, and they at that point had a missed field goal from Matt Prater and yep. the two interceptions in the red zone. And yep. those were all three missed opportunities, too, that have, that would have equaled out the score. Even if they got nine points. By the way, I'm going to write something down here that you just said. <laughs> Is it two Gs or one with struggle? <laughs> struggle point. I like that. I'm going to yeah. use that someday. I really do. Thank you. You've added to Anytime, my football Mike. vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't give you breakfast this morning, but at least I gave you a, a new word to use. Okay. Well, that, you know what? I'll sell that's food for thought. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or thought for food. But no, you understand what I'm, but that, that whole that whole sequence there. You're, you're in the game. It's 13 to 10, regardless of everything that's happened. You are in the football game. And all of a sudden, you're out of it that fast. It's like, it, because, because also because Minnesota's getting the ball at the start of the third quarter. I mean, those are, and, and Matt Patricia, a couple of things he stresses. One, you want to be a tough team that can control the game and you do that by stopping the run and running and running the ball and the end of the first half and the start of the third quarter and they lost on every single one of those every one of them Mm. yeah there were a lot of things that went wrong on Sunday for the Lions and I thought that this team was a team that the Lions looked better than on paper I mean Dalvin Cook yes he's going to get some yards he's a very good running back we saw what he could do against Green Bay the week before. But, you know, we talked about it last week, Mike. The weather was a huge element in that game and why, you know, they had to rely on the run game so much. But they came out and did the same exact thing against the Lions inside their dome and, you know, just just absolutely uh, dominated that game. And I didn't think that, at least on paper, that that's what we should have seen. Yeah, Troy, you're right. And here's another thing. We were looking at this, this, four, this full bag of uh, games going into that game against teams with losing records. And, you know, you kind of snip off one at a time. And the next thing you know, you're seven and four, and you're, you know, you're knocking on the door of a playoff berth. Now, all of a sudden, you know, it's, you know that, that door is closed right now. You've got to pry it open in the next, next three games against, you know, Washington, uh, uh, Carolina and then Houston on, on Thanksgiving Day. Those those three are coming up. They've won a combined, I think, off the top of my head, which is very little up there right now. But uh, <laughs> but the, they've, they've won eight games. And you know what? And and you're and we're looking at, at them as okay. Here's your chance. You know, start this week against Washington, who's two and whatever, two and six, seven, whatever it is. But you know what? Guess what? Washington's looking at. Here's our chance to get a win. Yep. Guess what? Carolina's looking at with four straight losses, chance to get a win. Houston on Thanksgiving Day. You know what? You know what? You know what they would like to do? They'd like to win a game in, before Dallas plays in the second game on national TV, and you know, be the eyes of Texas upon Houston for a change. This season, there are even more ways to get into the game thanks to Lions Bingo presented by BetMGM. Lion fans can play along for free all season long for the chance to win great prizes, including the grand prize each week of a weekend stay at an MGM Resorts location. Just download the Lions mobile app and register to play Lions Bingo each and every week. Play along during the game, and once you hit bingo, you score. Courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. Learn more and lock in your Lions Bingo board before kickoff by visiting the official Lions mobile app now. Well, let's turn the page to looking ahead at those next few games. Obviously, you mentioned it. Washington football team visits Ford Field this weekend. This should be a team that the Lions can beat. But like you said, Washington's thinking the same thing about the Lions. They've got some interesting things going on over there with Kyle Allen leaving that game with a pretty 
bad injury uh, this last Sunday. And then Alex Smith stepped in, which what an inspiring story to see the comeback that he has made from his own injury. Uh, you know, and that looks to be who the Lions will face at quarterback this week. What do you make of that switch? If Alex Smith is Alex Smith of pre-injury, then it's then it's an upgrade at the quarterback position for, for, for the Washington football team. And by the way, I hope they keep that name. I like it. Washington football team. It sounds like they relocated a soccer franchise from Birmingham, England, over here to Detroit <laughs> and, and called it the football team. I like it. But and that's just me. You know, I like things that are different. Uh, but, you know, Alex Smith, I, I think everybody in football winces every time he gets hit right now. I just kind of hold their breath because that was a – talk about an injury. He almost look, almost cost him his life, you know, double-digit uh, operations on that leg. But here he is back and playing. You know, look, what a player, what a warrior. He's one of those guys that I think even before the injury, people just admired for the way he's persevered in his career to be a starting quarterback wherever he goes. You know, and he arrives in one place, and all of a sudden they want to get another another guy, bring along somebody else. It happened in San Francisco. It happened in Kansas City. And the right thing to do with Patrick Patrick Mahomes, I mean, come on. Talking about one of the all-time greats already in terms of talent and early production. Moves along to Washington, gets hurt, and now he's fighting back to, get his, to, to, to be on the field. Didn't play out particularly well. I think he had three interceptions last week. But but still, it, it, somewhere in him is that ability uh, that Moxie, obviously, and, and is someone that the Lions have to, have to be, you know, be highly aware of. And then also, you look at that defense, and and it, you know, if I'm the Detroit Lions, I'm thinking, holy cow! Yeah, they've had 27 sacks already. My God, <laughs> 27 sacks. That that's not by accident. They don't just they don't just hand you that 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 number. And you earn that. And man, they earn it at the price of the opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, and to your point on Alex Smith, I mean, you're right. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes was set to take over there in Kansas City, but he learned under Alex Smith. Alex Smith was kind of the one that that brought him along there uh, at the beginning in Kansas City. So, you know, credit to Alex Smith for that. And just the mental uh, toughness that he has to see Kyle Allen go down with a pretty bad leg injury, knowing that he had one of his own just two years before that, nearly took his life because of all the complications afterwards I mean that is truly incredible and I absolutely respect the man I don't think anybody would have blamed him if he would have left football for good after that and you know here he is back to looking like being a NFL starter which is just a crazy crazy comeback so kudos to Alex Smith no absolutely and you know sometimes uh, this is an old line that I read somewhere oh you spend your life gripping the gripping the gripping the baseball or gripping the football. And when you get to the point of where it's time to re- consider retirement, you find out that the ball is gripping you. <laughs> and I think, I think that's, that's the case for people like Alex Smith and a lot of guys, you know, that the ball really is gripping them. You know, they didn't get into football, football got into them and, and it doesn't get, doesn't go away easily. And that's why, you know, Tori, that's why they're them and where everybody else is everybody else. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about that Washington defense as well because, I mean, wow, that defensive line just has 
so many killers on it. Obviously, Chase Young, Lions fans, would have loved for him to fall past that number two spot in the draft and be there for them at number three. Um, But that certainly wasn't how it played out because how could Washington pass up a talent like that one? Uh, And, you know, you've got other guys, Jonathan Allen, Ryan Kerrigan. They've got a very good defensive line. And we've seen this Lions offensive line struggle a little bit in these past couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, Duran Payne and Montez Sweat. That's Montez Sweat. Now, this is what I'm about to say is meaningless, but he's the guy I projected for the Detroit Lions two years ago. I remember. In the draft, yeah. I really liked him. I had, you know, obviously, he cares what I think, but I just I thought he would fit with what they want. And turns out he fits what Washington wants it wants and, and probably would have fit what Detroit is looking for, too. But just a really good player. But having said that, the Lions got a really good player, T.J. Hawkinson. Now you can debate right. whether you'd rather have a tight end or a pass rush. I, I get it. You can redraft these things till the end of the year. If I'm the Detroit Lions, I'm more than satisfied with T.J. Hawkinson. But Montez Sweat, what a player. And Ryan Kerrigan, I mean, the guy just, he just rolls along and rolls along and rolls along. He's at the halfway point of the season. He's got four and a half sacks. Probably on his way. You know, would be on his way to a double, you know, double-digit season in sacks. You know, this what this reminds me of, and it's in the same, it's in the same division. But the New York Giants, when they were really good, and, and you know, going and what, winning two Super Bowls in a space of four years, they had all those pass rushers, and they called it the NASCAR uh, front four because they could just. You know, fire up and get to the quarterback. Well, you're an old man. I know you're an old NASCAR person. You like all that. I am. I am. Just for you. But that's what they call it, the NASCAR defensive line or NASCAR pass rush. And these guys are like that, too. I mean, look, they're on pace for 50 sacks. 50. That's insane. 50. I think we have 11 here in Detroit. It's a little different, right? Yeah, absolutely. But we're working on it. (laughs) Mike, what do you feel like the Lions need to do in order to turn things around and get a win against the Washington football team? I'd like to see some energy, more energy from this team. You know, we do a video with with Chris Spielman called Three and Out, and he's made this comment a couple of times. And once he just, which was kind of of struck me, but it's it's, it's a different year, you know, with with COVID-19 and and at the very most limited fans in stadiums. But he said he'd like to see the Lions play at home with the energy they play with on the road. And I, you know, it kind of struck me because, look, the Lions are 0-3 at home this year. That's a problem they've had for the last uh, three and a half seasons. It's not just new to, to, uh, to Matt Patricia's teams this year, but it started back in you know, 2017 when they were, I think it was 3-5 and five at home and, and missed the playoffs or 4-4, four and four, I forget which it was. Then they went three and five and two and six, and now here they are, zero and zero and three with whatever it is, six, seven, eight straight losses at home, going back to last year. The energy, you know, you know, play it like it's, you know, play it, play it like it's your home. You know why? Because it is. Play it like it's your last chance. You know why? Because it's getting to be your last chance. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not talking about this false energy and all that other stuff, false enthusiasm. But really, look. You're doing exactly, as these players, you're doing exactly what you've wanted to do since you were 10 years old, and that's play in the National Football League. And, you know, what a gas that must be every time you go out there to know that you're one of the best of the best. And these are world, world-class world athletes right down to the last guy on, on, on the roster. So play like it. Play like it means something to you. The Lions are actually at the halfway point in their season yep. right now. They've played eight games. They've got eight games left to play. I mean – where would you assess this team is at at the halfway point and what kind of chance they have to finish well over the second half of the season? Well, if you look at them and if you just if you just watch the games, I'd say they have a 
clearly a mathematical chance to make the playoffs. If there's seven teams in each conference make it this year, more, that's one more than last year. You know, the owners' meetings, they had a, a meeting earlier this week and decided that if, if there are substantial losses of games because of the COVID virus, then they will an eighth team will make the playoffs. So is math on their side? I mean, I guess it is. But if you just look at the way they played, it's kind of hard to have any faith that the mathematic possibility will become a realistic possibility because honestly, they haven't played well enough to do that. I mean, they've gotten to three and three, like they did the last, you know, three wins. They were three and three and two years ago, three, three and one last year, three, three this year, and all of a sudden they can't win another game. You know, they lost three straight two years ago, nine straight last year. And here they are on a two-game bender again, and and. I, mean, I think they should beat the Washington football team. They should beat them. Uh, they're favored in the betting line, all of that stuff. But, you know, as we said before, until they do it, they haven't done it. And so far, they haven't done it. Well, and here's the other thing, too, about looking at the postseason is there are so many good teams in the NFC this year. I mean, yep. the entire NFC West is good. And obviously, Tampa Bay struggled this last Sunday, but – the Saints and the Buccaneers both look like they, you know, could be fighting for postseason spots. Obviously, the NFC East is a different story, but there are a lot of really strong teams in the NFC. And, and you know, just when it comes down to a numbers game, I think it's going to take 10-plus wins to get into the playoffs. Well, I, I don't I, – I, I'd be surprised if it takes 10, Tori. I, I really would. But, but I've seen it happen. Like, I've seen teams with 11 wins miss the playoffs in the six-team format. That's, that happened to the uh, New England Patriots in 2008, the year after they went 16-0 and in the regular season and lost in the Super Bowl. They lost out on a tiebreaker at 11-5. and uh, It would have happened to the Arizona Cardinals five, six years ago. They missed it at 10-6, and six, and when they did the math, they would have missed it also at 11-5. and five. So it, it happens. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of ironic that you can win a division title in the National Football League with a record of you know, eight, seven, and one, like the like the Green Bay Packers did in 2013. That's uh, seven, eight, and one. Uh, you know, as the Rams did. I think it was the Rams or whoever it was one year. Carolina went to the playoffs one year at seven and nine and won a first round playoff game as the division winner. But you can't. You're not going to get a wild card most of the time unless you're above 500. But you know, you got to get there to do it. And, and I, I just don't, I don't right now like the way things are lining up. Now, if they can win these next three games and then get it really a tough part of the schedule, closing it out, then they've got a shot and good, good for them. Yeah, that's the tough part for me. I mean, obviously someone in the NFC East is going to get into the playoffs with less than 10 wins. But, you know, we're talking about wild card spots because the Lions sure. are, are so far back from winning their division right now. But that's that's the tough part is their schedule ahead is really hard in December. I mean, you know, depends on how the Bears are playing. That's how they open up December. They've also got the Packers. They've got the Titans. You know, this this is a tough schedule for them in, in December. And they've got the Buccaneers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look, I, I'd like to be – you know, for the sake of the of the team and the fans and the people who, who really are so invested in this team, you know, the obviously the the franchise it's it's what they do, and then the fans who've been rooting for this team forever. But just I mean, realistically, it, it doesn't look good right now, but it looks possible. And to me, possible is look. I I would never give on anything until somebody told me, okay, it's over. And I'm pretty sure these players share that same feeling. That's how they got to where they are. 
Absolutely. You know, maybe Matthew Stafford could put this gate team on its back and just drag it to the finish line. He's done it before. You know, he, he had, you know that's not, he's been the one constant here, winning and losing. But he's done, he's done it before, and I have faith that he can do it again. Yeah, there's a long way to go, but obviously we're only halfway through the season. That's really not that far into the season. So there is time to turn things around. So, Mike, let's take a look at Mike's Pick of the Week presented by MGM Grand Detroit, the king of sports books. Mike, I know you talked last week about taking uh, the green chip pick last week. I, I'm pretty sure you're not going to do a purple chip pick this week, so who are you going to go with? Well, let's go down the chips, okay? The gold <laughs> is 1,000, purple is 500, the blacks are 100, the greens are 25, the reds are 5, and the whites are 1. I'm going to bring out a couple of black chips this week, and I'm going to pick the Detroit Oh. Let me put it this way. Somewhere between a couple and a few. Okay. Whatever that is. I like the Detroit Lions to to come through. I just, it, it's time. It's, look, it's time to be a football team, at least for, at least for, for a week. Uh, Matthew Stafford has been back at, you know, have been back at practice with a full week. And here's the thing about that to me. Does he, can he play? Without a week of practice, yes. But you know who needs them? The guys who play with them. Yeah. I mean, how much has Marvin Hall played with Matt, really with Matthew Stafford? Not a lot. He's gotten snaps, but but you know not a lot until Kenny Galladay went down. So those guys around him, that that's who they they need to be with him more than he needs to be with them. So I think Matthew Stafford wins the day. They front you know the offensive line keeps the the NASCAR pass rush off him. <laughs> Put the brakes on those guys. Put them in reverse, and the Detroit Lions win, and I think they win comfortably. I like the I like the car analogies there, Mike. I respect it. Well, it'll be a pit stop there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I didn't think you'd go purple, but I'm a little surprised you went black this week. So you know, well, multiple blacks now, okay? All multiple. right, okay. I can always, you know what? I can always top it off too. I can double down at, at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see how that pick turns out next week. Mike, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. We appreciate you. All right, thanks for having me. Thanks, guys, for listening to the One Pridecast presented by MGM Grand Detroit, and we will talk to you next week. This season, there are even more ways to get into the game thanks to Lions Bingo presented by BetMGM. Lion fans can play along for free all season long for the chance to win great prizes, including the grand prize each week of a weekend stay at an MGM Resorts location. Just download the Lions mobile app and register to play Lions Bingo each and every week. Play along during the game, and once you hit bingo, you score. Courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. Learn more and lock in your Lions Bingo board before kickoff by visiting the official Lions mobile app now.